This is a Source of Innovation podcast, and today is March 17th, 2017. I'm your host, Robert Brathe. I'd like to introduce you to Eric Leander. Welcome, Eric. Tell us a little about yourself, uh, the Capital Region Startup Attorney. Sure, thanks. Um, well, my, uh, my practice is in business law uh, and uh, corporate securities law. I work with a lot of startup companies um, and, uh, and a few vent- small venture capital funds. Um, my partner, Matthew Wagoner, and I uh, are a full-service business firm. We have a few associates that work with us, um, and uh, we have a very healthy client base of uh, companies throughout the growth cycle, whether it be pure startup to you know, uh, seed stage, growth stage, all the way on up through people that are doing Series A rounds and um, a couple that are looking at mergers and acquisitions. Terrific. Yeah, one of the companies that uh, you've been working with, Kirsch Helmets, we had on a couple weeks ago. So uh, maybe share with us a little bit of update. I know you were pretty excited about some of the funding they've been able to encounter. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I haven't seen a, uh, I haven't seen a, a startup uh, raise money this quickly um, before. Uh, you know, Kirsch had gone public with their with their technology at uh, at one million cups, and literally within two weeks had about a hundred thousand dollars committed, um, and they've been able to raise some more money as well. Um, I really don't want to disclose too many like concrete details yeah. there, but um, but yeah, they've they've been able to raise money. They've got their their manufacturing partners uh, making investments uh, in tooling, uh, and you know they're 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 ready to rock and roll. Don Devito is an is an excellent leader, and he is um, you know he's got them on a tight time schedule to get to market and start selling these things within the next couple of months. Um, so yeah, I, I, I see a lot of a lot of great things for Kirsch. You know, Jason Kirsch Kirshon. Um, you know, I always want to call him Kirsch because he's shortened the name. Um, you know, Jason is a brilliant engineer, and this technology that he came up with is just—it's phenomenal. I mean, it's—it's—it's—it's it's, 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 it's paradigm altering. It, It's—you know—I I think I said during that last podcast when we spoke, uh, a lot of times, you know, in, in sort of like the startup craze or the, or the entrepreneurial, you know, ecosystem, or a lot of the white noise that flies around in that ecosystem, people overlook the actual real-world physical products. Um, they focus on the software as a service or the social media or, you know, but there are companies that can make substantial differences in the world with new physical technologies. Um, a lot of times manufacturing companies sort of, you know, get overlooked, you know, by, by, the, by the, the folks that aren't as deeply ingrained into the actual uh, economy of, of things. So um, Kirsch is, a, is an amazing company and they are going to be, they're going to be a great uh success story from the capital region and I think what you'll find with them specifically is you know because of both Don and, and Jason's uh, desires for the company and their desire to bring manufacturing back to the United States and specifically the capital region they're not going anywhere you know they're going to build that company here in the capital region which is really good awesome so one of the things you're involved with uh, at your firm with Matt is uh, square peg ventures where you make uh, investments in startups so talk a little bit of how that's uh, working out so far for you Sure. Well, uh, Square Peg Ventures sort of evolved from my own personal investments in in Capital Region and beyond startup companies, um, and also some investments that I've made in income-producing real property. So, you know, Matt and I, for a while now, maybe the better part of a year or so, maybe even a year and a half, had been discussing, you know, bringing real risk capital to the Capital Region. I think one of the things that's missing in the Capital Region's ecosystem is, is more sources of capital. You know, we have a couple of, of good angel groups um, and we have some individual in, investors, but I don't think there's really been enough of a concerted effort to really get those people to 
to buy in and, and, and do some focused investing um, also at, at, the, at a much earlier stage rather than some of the later stage investing that, that, that tends to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Matt and I have been speaking with uh, Central New York leaders um, up on on potentially putting together a fund out here. We've got some ideas. They've shared with us their structures, you know, their legal documents as well um, so that we could take a look at how they've, they've set things up, how we might consider setting things up. But Square Peg Ventures right now is a going concern. Uh, we have a number of our own investments in startup companies and also into real estate. We, uh, uh, what was I going to say? So we also use uh, Square Peg to spin out uh, investment vehicles, single purpose vehicles for uh, investments that can be made into our, our clients or into other deals that we're aware of. So we may actually act as the fundraisers. We'll go out, we'll get the, the money, put it into a, 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 you know, a subsidiary fund and then deploy that money to the company that it's meant to go to. So, you know, our goal is to just make sure that, that both the investors and the entrepreneurs, not just locally, but pretty much anywhere, you know, have access to, you know, quality capital and people that know what they're doing and actually care about the, the success of, of a startup. Um, I, you know, I think if you look at the, at the sort of the tagline for Square Peg Ventures, it's, it's a good deal is where you find it. I think a lot of uh, a lot of angel groups, maybe venture capitalists, even um, you know they they focus on either a particular geography or a particular um, industry or a particular type of investment. Um, you know, you can make money just about anywhere, and it's it's a real question of does the deal make sense. So we didn't want to limit ourselves, um, which is the nice thing. We set it up as a Delaware Series LLC, so we can spin off any number of. Of subsidiary series LLCs underneath it to you know if we want to do a real estate investment if we want to put together a million dollars to go buy up a bunch of different properties and build up a real estate portfolio that produces income we can do that uh, we're not limited you know structurally or from a corporate governance standpoint on you can only invest in this so we have the flexibility there and I think you know it, it's very much in the entrepreneurial spirit you have to have the ability to be flexible uh, you know in order in order to you know to leverage what you have to get Good outcomes. So, you know, we might over time find a niche, but right now, you know, we've done a lot of different deals, and if they make money, we're happy to do them. Terrific. Uh, and speaking of that, you know, companies you'd like to work with, um, you, you alluded that a little bit already, but uh, typically, what what kind of what are some of the features um, uh, of, of a startups that you like to work with personally? Well, you know, honestly, the startups that I like to work with actually will have some uh, some level of sophistication among their founder group. Um, you know, a few years ago, everybody was an entrepreneur. You know, everybody had an idea, everybody had a startup, and it was usually like some sort of an app or a social media website or something like that. Um, I like for people to have come to me that actually have, you know, something that, that could have. Like, so it doesn't have to be started yet. It doesn't have to be, you know, but, but it's, it's, it's got to be more than just, a, oh, hey, I got an idea. You know, I have 200 unique clients that need my time. I, I don't have, you know, the luxury that I used to have couple years ago um, to sit down for five hours with with a startup company help them flesh out their idea yeah um, at least not until I'm retained and then that gets expensive <laughs> but um, you know I, I, I just I like working with people who are serious I mean there's there's been a, there's been a number of times where I have been approached and had a lot of time wasted by what you know I refer to as entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and I, I believe uh, our friend Gary Greco has, tr- has 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 recently coined a new term called the the contrapreneur you know the con <laughs> artist entrepreneur 
Um, the truth of the matter is that nobody in this ecosystem wants to have their time wasted. Mm -hmm. All of their time is very valuable, whether it's an advisor, whether it's an investor, whether it's someone who can make connections. People are more than willing to help. But the problem is when, when people, I, I, what's the word I want to use here, waste or usurp or whatever, that, that goodwill, it sort of puts everyone else at a disadvantage that comes down the line after it. You know, if, if you want to get involved in the startup community or you really want to start a company and you think you're going to sit down and talk with a lawyer, right, the, the time has come for you to actually be serious. You know, you can't really be in that, in that sort of dreamy phase where it's like, oh, I could do this or I could do that. Have something a little bit more concrete, um, but, but really be driven by it. The people I really love working with are people that have a drive. You know, they, they truly believe in their product. They're not just in it to make money, right? It's not about the money for them. Uh, it's about, hey, this thing could change the world or this could solve this problem. And it's, much, it's much the way that a, a venture capitalist uh, selects their investments. It's kind of the way I select my clients. I want to see people that are really in it because I'm going to spend a significant amount of time, resources, and effort working with that client. You know, it's where I it's where I get my fulfillment from. You know, I used to work in in, in big law with with uh, you know doing bank transactions and you know real boring copy and paste kind of stuff. Um, I find my fulfillment in working with these entrepreneurs and sort of, for lack of a better term, feeding off of their energy. Uh, it's really what, what gives meaning and purpose to what I do in my life. Excellent. As an entrepreneur professor and a consultant, uh, I, I have some words I like to not hear from people. Uh, and, and they're kind of the warning words that give me a not-so-fresh feeling about a startup. So a couple for me are when I hear things like pre-revenue or we're, we're accumulating a user base. Uh, what, what, what kind of words or, or things do you kind of put a red flag up for you when you're talking to somebody that might want to work with you? Well, I mean, a lot of times I do have pre-revenue companies that I work with. You know, I mean, quite, quite honestly, you know, startup companies really, if they're really going to go anywhere, they really should engage in an attorney very early on mm -hmm. because if they set up their company wrong, if they don't put a founder's agreement in place and get themselves squared up amongst themselves, there's a lot of problems that could come down the line. So I'm not really turned off by pre-revenue companies. I mean, a lot of times you'll have... VCs that, that are, um, you know, a lot, of a lot of times I think what VCs are really looking for is, hey, look, do you have a, a customer? Do you have a customer? Mm -hmm. If you have a customer, you have someone who's willing to pay for your product, well, okay, now, we, now, now you've got a business, sure. okay? If you've got an app, you don't have a business. Yeah. If you've got a website, you don't have a business. If you have a customer, you've got a business. Mm -hmm. um, and then they'll want to focus more on, okay, how do we get you more customers? How do we get more yield out of the customers that you do have? Uh, and that sort of thing. But for me, you know, I want to make sure that they're set up properly uh, and, and, and structured in such a way that they, can, that they can move forward and actually raise capital if that's what their goal is. And, and, you know, that's not to say that I only work with, you know, companies that could be venture-backed. I mean, I work with, you know, local you know, mom-and-pop shops, things that are just local businesses, you know, storefronts on Main Street. I represent a couple of storefronts right here in Troy. Um, but, you know, with respect to things that I don't really like to hear, um, you know, you kind of put me on the spot there. I have to really stop and think about it. Um, it yeah, it's one of those situations where you kind of have to be there, I, oh, sure. I, I guess. But I, I get, I get what your point is. And you know what? I know what I really don't like to hear. I don't like to hear we're the Uber of. Oh yeah. This, you know, I mean, <laughs> another uh, you, personal favorite well, of mine. Yeah. Well, I mean, because the thing is this, you know. That might be the concept in your mind of what it is, and that might be a great simplified way of 
of saying it, but it's also sort of diminishing of your own brand, mm-hmm. right? It, it, you're saying, hey, we're like the second cousin of Uber, not like, hey, we are X company and we're doing this and we're going to kick butt at it, right? It, it's sort of, it's sort of just by saying that almost diminishes what you're doing by putting it in relation to something else. And I, I understand the tendency and the reasons why people want to do it. They really just shouldn't do it. If your company is your company. It does what it does. It solves the problem that it solves. It, it, it heals the pain point that it heals, and it, and it stands alone on its own. That's the kind of confidence, that's the kind of story that's going to get investment, not, you know, we're the Uber of this. Sure. So, yeah, that's, that's one thing that bugs me. Good. Uh, again, this is the Source of Innovation podcast. I'm Robert Brathe, and we're here today with Eric Leander of the Wagoner Firm. We talked a little bit pre-show about uh, empowering the community versus empowering the entrepreneur. There's so many resources out there. Uh, so talk a little bit about that concept. Sure. Uh, I had been involved uh, uh, with a, uh, a group out in Schenectady called Startup Schenectady, which is still around. Um, it had been started by Dave Dusalt, who's the, uh, the owner of uh, P1 Industries and at the time P1 Ventures uh, over in Schenectady. And uh, his good friend uh, and my good friend now, um, Lorenzo Agnes. Um, and the first initial meetings of that group were sort of like, hey, let's feel this out. Let's try to do something different than what's already being done. You know, because we have a really great program over here with Startup Tech Valley that, that the Severino Center at RPI runs. It's a great program. You know, it's very much like a pitch event and that slash networking event, and it's a very successful event. Um, however, I think that there's a lot of other things around here that are doing sort of the similar thing, and it's, it's like, hey, if you're going to do another thing, maybe you should try to do something different or add some different kind of value or bring some different proposition to the table. Uh, and one of the things that, that, that I think is necessary is not only to empower the entrepreneurs, right? Like when you go to an event like Startup Tech Valley, you've got the, you know, you've got the, uh, the entrepreneur on the stage and they're saying, here's my company, here's what we're doing, here's what we need. Uh, and then they open up the floor to questions. It's very centric on one thing at a time. So there's only so much benefit you can derive from that in a given event and they meet monthly and so on and so forth right so once I, I I'm sort of still I guess in charge of startup Schenectady if you want to call it that um, the, the the goal here is to is to institute a program if I can ever find the time to do it um, where we sort of flip the script right and rather than focus on the people on the stage let's focus on the people in the audience all right, let's, let's determine how to help grow the community and the ecosystem and give them the knowledge and the confidence that they need maybe to participate as an entrepreneur, but definitely to support the entrepreneurs in their, in their ecosystem, whether it be with, with knowledge, whether it be with just understanding, um, or you know maybe there could be some sort of a community-wide you know, effort to, I don't know, get funding together. I don't want to use crowdfunding as, as, a, as, a, as a method of, of funding startups in the capital region, but like, you know, maybe it's public pressure. Maybe it's just this, you know, this, this overarching desire of the community to, to have a more entrepreneurial ecosystem and, and, and put pressure on, on politicians or whomever to, to maybe get facilities built or, or to just, just to support it, right? Because the, the ecosystem itself, it's, it's its own, it's its own environment and it needs, it needs, more than just entrepreneurs in order for it to thrive, at least in my opinion. Um, so the idea with Startup Schenectady was let's, let's focus on the things that entrepreneurs need to know. Let's focus on the things that 
help people grow businesses and that's whether it's a whether it's a tech startup whether it's a store whether it's a you know whether it's a home-based business what do you really need to know um, and a lot of this was really uh, motivated by uh, a book by Brad Feld he's like one of my gurus um, even though he doesn't really think much of attorneys <laughs> um, he, he wrote uh, a book called startup communities where he sort of discusses the 20-year project in Boulder Colorado where they really built up this this startup ecosystem and uh, you know, I was sort of inspired by that, and the idea for for the uh, for the the thing would be to like let's focus on one topic quarterly, uh, and have a series of speakers that come in and talk about that, and let's do that first. Let's not do the networking first. Mm-hmm. That's always the distraction, right? Uh, let's do that piece of it first, and then do a networking portion. But and this was inspired by Lorenzo Agnes. Let's do what I'm calling active or participatory networking. So what Lorenzo was having us do in the early meetings uh, of, of Startup Schenectady was he gave us a little project or competition or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think you were there, too, yeah. the first meeting where, yeah. where everybody broke up into groups of three or five and said, you know, come up with an idea. It doesn't even necessarily have to be realistic, but come up with an idea of a product or something or a business that would improve life in Schenectady. And then we ran around the room and everybody talked about it and then talked about why. But it really got the people that were there to start thinking creatively think in a problem-solving manner and think in an entrepreneurial manner Uh, and that's brilliant right plus if I don't know you and I don't know the other guy across the table and now all of a sudden we're working together we're forced to work together on this goofy little project well there's nothing really at stake it really does help you build Mm -hmm. an actual you know network or relationship because if I just meet somebody I'm terrible about this and I'll apologize to you in advance if I've ever done this to you out there in the real world if I meet someone for five seconds at Startup Tech Valley I'm not necessarily going to remember who they are. Um, you know, there's 500 people there, and you know, I know a lot of them, but it, it's a very active event for me because I'm I'm talking to a lot of people, and a lot of people will come and talk to me as well. Um, and I'm just terrible with names as a general matter. I need to meet somebody like three times before I can really remember who they are. It's just how my brain is wired. It's not personal. Um, but like, if if I have the opportunity to work with you for five, ten, fifteen minutes, you know, on a, on an active, engaged project, well. Now we have a real connection there. Uh, and then the, the more connected that the entrepreneurial ecosystem is and the community is, the more likely it is to continue, the more likely it is to thrive. It, it, everything about this idea, just I love this idea. Again, I, I wish I had the time for it. It's been in my mind kicking around. I've spoken with folks like Nasser Ali um, and Martin Babinak and some other folks about, about this um, and Dave as well. So at any rate, it, that's something that's still – I'd like to do, and if there's anyone listening to this that would like to maybe get involved in that, um, we can certainly talk about it. You know, the other idea was to do some sort of a form of distributed leadership because I can't, I can't really lead it. Um, I can, I, I can lead like if we do a legal thing, mm-hmm. like a three-month program on legal. I could plan the content and everything for that three-month period, and then that's my deal. And then someone else is planning the next three months. I think it gives it a, a little bit of, of extra continuity that wouldn't otherwise have. To allow, allow you know, you delegate, right? Um, I'd love it for, to, for it to happen. I'd love for it to be big, uh, but I, I do think it's critical for you know the community, not just the entrepreneurs, to be educated, mm-hmm. to be empowered, and to be encouraged. Because you know, if if, if entrepreneurialism and risk taking is something that becomes ingrained as a as a as a community, you know, like a community value, you'll see more people starting businesses. You'll see more people. Succeeding, you'll see more people creating jobs. It, it, it's a it's a self fulfilling prophecy, right? It's a it's a self feeding system. 
Um, so that's that's something that's really important to, to me and to Matt. Great. Uh, you, you mentioned the word risk there, which is uh, the next topic I wanted to cover. What type of risk tolerance do you like people to have, You know, whether it's financial, uh, the ideas they pursue? What do you like to see when it comes to people you know, tolerating risk? Well, who are we talking about? Are we talking about the entrepreneur or are we talking about the community? I think uh, the community, because I think a lot of times it's, uh, you know, giving businesses a chance or being willing to take you know, chances on, on, on businesses. Yeah, I mean, you know, this might not make a whole lot of friends when I say this. I, I think that the, the capital region, you know, the greater capital region in general has a fairly low risk tolerance. Um, I, and I also think that we're very private about our failures as opposed to, like, you take a look at, like, Palo Alto people, like, yeah, I, I duffed that, yeah. you know, and they're like, but, but you know, failure is not, it's an event. It's not a person, right? It, it's, it's an opportunity to learn something. As long as you learn something from it and you improve, it's, you haven't lost anything. Yeah. You haven't failed, right? Um, so I think that, that from that standpoint, that's the first thing we need to deal with. Before we even start talking about risk, we need to be okay with taking a chance. Because if you're not okay with taking a chance, we don't even need to talk about how much risk should you take on yeah. a percentage basis, sure. right? Um but as a general matter, I mean, people need to be, you know, willing to 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 take. You know, I'm not I'm not asking them to put their life up. Yeah. But you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna cut a check to a startup company for five or ten thousand dollars, just consider it a gift. Yeah. Just consider you're never gonna get it back, right? And be okay with that. That's the kind of risk we need people to be okay with. It's parting with a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand dollars. That's just on like an individual sort of seed level basis, right? Sure. You know the folks that I deal with who who have their own businesses have much higher risk tolerance. I would hope that they they're willing to do something more than that. But for the average everyday person in the capital region, um, be willing to start a business, right? Be willing to be your own boss. That that right there takes an inordinate amount of guts. All right, I've been there. I've started two or three businesses now, um, and you know for me I was sort of forced into it in one situation, so I don't I don't take all the credit. Um, but like the people that, that I see who have an idea, want to do something for themselves and they step out and do it. I have an enormous amount of respect for those people, um, because it took guts to do what they did. You, you got to have courage and, and, and I don't know how to quantify how much risk that takes, sure. I, 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 but basically it's like all of it, right? You got to have that kind of moxie, really. We need more people like that who are willing to do something for themselves, for their community, for their family, um. That's what we really need. You got to be willing to get out of your comfort zone, because nothing's going to change if you don't get out of your comfort zone. At least for for individuals. The more people that we have doing that in the capital region, you know, the the better the circumstance is going to be. More people are willing to take take chances. More people are willing to try and do something, trying to grow something, better. And the problem is a lot of people seem to want to be involved, but they don't want to have any real stake, any skin in the game. Um, you know, put something at risk. You know, put put something behind it. Uh, don't just talk. Do. You know, we need more doers. Great. So uh, to wrap things up today, I always like giving the last minute or two to kind of uh, let the audience know how to get in touch with you and, 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 and some last minute uh, piece of advice you have for us. So what do you got? Sure. Well, there's a lot of different ways to get to get a hold of us. Uh, the Wagoner Firm's website is www.thewagonerfirm.com. That's Wagoner with an O, not not uh, Wagner. Uh, and then I'm on LinkedIn, uh, www.linkedin.com slash in slash, uh, what is it now, uh, Leander ESQ. And then I'm also on Twitter at Leander ESQ. Um, I'm real easy to find, guys. Uh, I'm real easy to find. 
But uh, as far as you know, as far as tips, um, you know, everything is situational specific. We're you know, people are available. I, what I would tell you is this: you know, if, if you're thinking about starting a business, if you're thinking about, you know, being becoming part of the entrepreneurial community, just reach out. That's all you have to do. You'll find that people in this community are very willing to help. They're very willing to find to, to, to provide information. If there's someone that you want to meet to help your business, reach out. Um, you know, I, I I freely make my network available. You know, definitely to clients, but but quite often to you know to people that it's appropriate for. You know, if you need help, just just ask for it. I know sometimes I, th I know sometimes it takes a lot of guts to do that, but you know you. The worst that anybody could ever say to you is no, and that doesn't cost anything. So, you know, I would I would suggest that if, if this is something that you're interested in, if, if startups and the, the the entrepreneurial ecosystem or something you care about, just get involved. But really, be involved. Don't just show up. Get involved and, right. and ask questions. We'll help. Thanks, Eric. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Again, this is a Source of Innovation podcast, and uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks, sir.